Percy, I'm sure you've been around people who somehow manage to use humor to counteract negative circumstances in their life. I have. I'm not really one of those people. I tend to be a little bit more serious. But what I have learned, you know, I'm always amazed at those who can shift the energy of a room or or situation by simply using humor. And I think it's a gift, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, when I think about this, uh, it's the reason why probably being a comedian may be one of the most difficult vocations to have, as I have understood it, because to take humor and to really shift dynamics and make people feel better or different or lighten the mood, I think is something pretty powerful. So with that being said, I think that we should you know, push this idea forward in a conversation today and talk about it. Let's do that. We're going to meet a woman who uses that spirit to have a positive outlook on her cancer diagnosis. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Percy McRae, Director of Underserved Communities at City of Hope, which includes faith-based communities, and always a delight to work with you on each and every episode, Percy. So we're going to talk today about laughter as therapy, huh? Mm, yeah, bless you, my friend. Absolutely. We're going to hear from a young lady today that this is basically the dynamic that she uses to cope and, and manage through negative circumstances. And when she was diagnosed with cancer, she drew upon that very dynamic. And so we'll hear uh, her thoughts and her story today that I think will be very inspirational. Yeah, don't miss this. It's coming up in just a few moments here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We do ask that you submit questions to us, non-medical questions. Uh, we are not doctors, and we don't play them on television, as the, mm-hmm. as the saying goes, Percy. But <laughs> any non-medical question you have about your cancer journey or caretaking, we'd love to have you submit that to us through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Uh, do you have a question in front of you that came in from a listener? Yeah, I think I'm familiar with this area. Chicago, Illinois, Chicago, I think Chicago. I may have heard of that. I've heard yeah. of that place, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that place, yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, we have a uh, a question, uh, and it says that I'm a mother of two children, uh, 11 and 14, recently diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Should I tell my kids about my cancer diagnosis, and how do I do this? Wow. Well, amazingly, Wayne, uh, you know, we've done a show about this very topic in terms of when uh, children's parents have cancer, how do you handle them? What do you say, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very personal decision, I know. It is. And so, uh, actually, I want to reference show number 261 entitled, My Mom and Dad uh, Has Cancer, So What Happens to Me Now? If you're interested, you can go back and play that show and listen to it. We talk about quite a bit. There. I also want to make reference to the American Cancer Society. If you go to their page and type in uh, uh, communicating with children about cancer, there's a plethora of information there. But the bottom line here is, is that, yes, you should tell your children uh, uh, if you are diagnosed with cancer, I believe. And based upon conversations that I've had from many cancer patients in the past and caregivers of former cancer patients, Uh, there's a school of thought that has always prevailed. And that is for children that grew up whose parents did not tell them that they had cancer and unfortunately passed away, children grew up resentful and angry because they never had the opportunity to kind of decompress how they felt with their, with their, with their mom or dad. And they felt like that they were, 
they were cheated. They felt like that that they were left out of the process. And and so the show that we did talks quite a bit about the fact that you're actually allowing your children to to be part of your process and part of your journey that can be very therapeutic mentally and emotionally for them. And so I would say yes, again, to your point, Wayne, this is a very personal decision, but I would suggest that you do have a conversation with your children. You need to be age appropriate, obviously. And again, the best way to communicate with your children, it depends on what age they are. It depends on their personality. Exactly. It depends on their temperament. Sure. And so with that, please go back and listen to show number 261. Uh, my mom and dad has cancer. So what happens to me and or go to the American Cancer Society's website and type in communicating cancer with children. They give a lot of helpful tips on how to actually have that conversation. And you will be blessed, equipped and empowered to sit down and have that discussion. Lastly, what I'll say, I had a patient who said and came to me and asked me this very question with tears in her eyes. She said, I don't want my son to be upset uh, but I feel like that if someone else told him about this, uh, that that just wouldn't be fair to him. And I said, I agree with you. And so she went and had that conversation with her teenage son at that point. And she came back to tell me it was the best thing that she ever did and that she was glad that she did that. So yeah. uh, there's something for you to think about. Well, there. I'm also thinking parents know their children. And here's an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. Whether you tell them together or separately, you know your kids. You know how they'll yep. react. You, you you know, God will guide you and yep. pray for wisdom on how to handle that situation. So Absolutely. Thank you Absolutely. for the question. HealthHopeAndInspiration.com is our website where you can submit your question. With locations in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona, City of Hope is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Just visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options. Call 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And Percy, I didn't forget, you have a spiritual nugget we're going to uh, put out there now because it leads perfectly into our conversation today. Go ahead. Yes, sir. And that is found in Proverbs 17, 22. And again, based upon the title and the personality of who we will hear from today, listen to this scripture. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And this is going to establish the dynamic and the personality uh, of this young lady who uses humor as a mechanism by which she copes through negative circumstances in her life Today, uh, you'll be blessed to hear from this young lady. Recorded earlier, here's Percy McRae with our guest. Well, hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, and I am back again with another compelling conversation. And it just seems like, uh, you know, as it turns out, most of uh, and many of the recent interviews that I've had opportunity to do have been around the conversation of breast cancer. And that's going to be true for today's conversation and uh, bringing to you live uh, and in person uh, is Zakia Claybron, and she is a four-year breast cancer survivor. 
uh, diagnosed in June of 2017. She is now cancer-free. Praise God for that. Uh, she received chemotherapy and uh, she had bilat she had a bilateral mastectomy and reconstruction. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but we're excited to have her today and welcome to the show, Psykea. How are you doing, my dear? I am great. I am great. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Oh, you're more than welcome. And of course, a, a good friend of yours who's now a, a new friend of mine, you know, recommended that I have a conversation <laughs> with you. And of course, uh, that's uh, Sister Yolanda, who we've interviewed on the show before. And she said, I've got somebody that you need to meet and you need to talk to, Reverend McCray. And so she gave me your name and I called you. You know, we, we went back and forth a little bit and finally connected. Yes. And so it's a thrill <laughs> to have you here because, again, you've got a story to tell and you have a success story to tell. And so first, let's start, as I do with most conversations around cancer. And that was the day. You know, I remember when I was told that I first had cancer almost four years ago. Uh, where okay. were you and how did you feel when you heard the words, you have cancer? <laughs> Funny story. Um, the day I actually found out I had cancer, it was a return visit, a follow-up visit at the mm -hmm. doctor's office. Okay. And the doctor came in joking with us. Uh, he was just talking about how he just came from vacation and he came straight there. And we were just talking about some things and joking and laughing and all that stuff. And then he was like, you know something? I didn't even get a chance to look at your foul, but you should be fine. I know, you know, just, you know, we all in a good spirit. Mm -hmm. So he was like, let me go out and just check. You know, he went out and checked. And you could tell when he came back, the whole mood had changed. Ah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, let me peel your Band-Aid off. It was... Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, you have cancer. What? Wow. <laughs> I have cancer? What are you talking about? <laughs> wow. So it was done pretty abruptly based upon uh, just the shift in the room, the energy in the room yes, shifted. Yes, the shift, the energy in the room. Yes. Because at first, like I said, we were joking, laughing. Right. You know? Right. And then just that shift, he told me, and like I said, they don't, uh, they don't butter it up. They don't make it sound any better than what it is, yeah, you know, yeah. and they just let you know. So but how tell me that I kind of. Yeah. So how did you feel? How did you feel when you heard that, sweetie? What, what, what was your initial reaction and thought? So how I felt when I actually heard that, I just had to take a step back and process it because that was something big and major to process. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to tell you why it was big and major for me. It was for the simple fact of I none of my family members had it. None of my family members. Interesting. So it wasn't it wasn't a inter uh, 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 how can I say it? Mm. It wasn't anything that was close to me. Yeah. I hadn't witnessed nobody go through it. Hmm. I had it, it was very foreign to me. So when that doctor said I had cancer. I'm like me have cancer right you, you uh, do you need to check that file again mm. i don't know but <laughs> me having cancer yeah and of course i cried for a minute but then it was like okay my husband was there at the time like i said and he was like we gonna beat this thing and i'm like okay we gonna beat this thing that's I, that's the only way i could do it you know right i right. i couldn't get all i i, I had my moment to cry but then it was like I got something to do. It's just another 
obstacle, another challenge to go over. So okay, okay, mm-hmm. and, and 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 several things that I hear there that are interesting. First of all, you had good support. Your husband was with you, and I I, I know very few cancer mm-hmm. survivors who survive any aspect of cancer without a caregiver, at least one that is there to help shoulder that burden. So it was great to hear that, you know, your 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 husband was there with you. Uh, and again, then to provide a space for you, obviously, and time, because I think this is so important. And I uh, talked about it previously with uh, someone else uh, about breast cancer, uh, giving people permission or allowing yourself to kind of have an emotional moment. I think that we, mm-hmm. we, we, we so often in our culture, particularly in the African-American community and in the, in the faith community, we struggle with this dynamic of that we're, we're supposed to put on this positive face 100% of the time, all the time, and not allow a moment uh, to process our emotions. And so you did that. You know, you had a cry, as you said. And then, you know, and I love, you know, uh, I've never met your husband, but I love him. He was like, well, hey, babe, we can beat this. We we, we, we got this. We're going to put our arms around this and we're going to move to the other side. And you've done that because, again, you're, you're now on the other side. But, you know, it was a it was a huge, I would imagine, shot in the arm to be able to have that reinforced by someone close to you that you trust and to help kind of reinforce the idea that, you know, this is not a death wish. Like I, I definitely had a strong support system. Definitely from my husband at the time to my to my mom, to my kids, to everyone. But one of the next people that I called um was my cousin. Uh and she's my second cousin, but me and her grew up very, very close. Okay. And and I know she had went through it with her sister in law. Now that was the closest person I had that had had breast cancer. Okay. And her sister-in-law had passed. So I called her and let her know. Because also she's a nurse, too. Mm-hmm. So I knew she would be there with me. Um, so when I called her and let her know, she was like, yeah, we're going to fight this thing. I'm going to be there, you know, whatever. I was like, you know some girl, I ain't going to even trip because I told her this. And, you know, I always turn the bad things to positive. I was like, well, at least I can get the size breast I want now because... <laughs> <laughs> I was a small cup. I was, yeah, okay. A cup at most. Okay. So I was like, at least I could get the, you know, the breast size I want now. That's what I told her. And we both just laughed, you know. Sure. That's how I had to, <laughs> I had to kind of loosen up the moment because, yep. yeah, when stuff gets too heavy, sometimes I have to kind of break it up. But, yeah, I, I, God has always given me that spirit to have, like, a positive outlook. And things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I just wanted to mention that. Well, I Because think- we don't always have to take those disappointments or those things as, like you said, a death sentence. Because I, I knew it wasn't a death sentence. Well, and, and what came to mind when you said that, and I appreciate you sharing that, because number one, I think the point to be made is everybody copes differently when they hear things that create distress, things that they're not expecting to hear that throws you off your square, as they say. And everyone reacts differently. They have different responses. And and it sounds like for you, part of your makeup and your personality is, you know, humor is a is a major mechanism by which you cope. And I'm thinking about the Holy Scriptures that tell us that laughter is good like a medicine. And so with that, you allowed that and you flipped that around and it was like, well, you know, Hey, a girl can move forward and and, and maybe uh, do something with upgrading her, her size of her cup, et cetera, et cetera. Again, <laughs> your way of being able to, you know, to process 
and use that and flip that so it doesn't become this this super heavy burdensome uh, thing that you're trying to carry. So I appreciate that. And yes. again, obviously, that's important uh, because it's part of who you are. And I think that the takeaway that I'd like to share there is everyone needs to be themselves and, and work through their process in their own way. And that also is true when we support cancer patients. We need to support people where they are and how they process yes. information so that we don't try to make them do something or say something the way that we think we would or that they should. True, true, true. Having said that, you're also a woman of faith, uh, uh, and and we talk a lot about faith on this show, and people have different faith yes. beliefs and spiritual pathways, and that's perfectly fine. We're not here to tell people uh, how to use their faith or what type of faith they should practice, but did you ever have any conflict in making the decision uh, to receive medical treatment? Because sometimes people of faith struggle with <laughs> the balance of that. Let's talk about that a little bit. So I didn't, personally, from a spiritual level mm -hmm. I didn't have any gripes about that on a spiritual level uh -huh. um I would tell you just from a <laughs> probably where I was at at that point and my cousin like I said my cousin is one who had to like really slap me into reality she was like you you doing treatment uh-uh and you're not thinking about nothing else you are doing treatment because she she me and her had this argument I was like, well, God gave us natural stuff to heal our bodies, this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And then she went back and told me, well, you know, medicine is made from natural stuff as well. <laughs> you know? So we had this big little thing going back and forth. Okay. But like I said, she's a nurse. And she was like, no, you finna do, you finna do it. We, we're going to do this together. She <laughs> she was adamant on me about it. And after that, I couldn't argue with her. Oh. I, I was like she was like they got you a plan this is what we're gonna do yeah we're moving forward with it. Well, and again that is funny but again i love the fact that see your support system the camp that you had around you because i think it's really important that cancer patients you know have a camp have a you know have a community and a tribe you know your husband you know off the bat is like hey we're gonna get through this babe and then your cousin is like listen girl you ain't gonna do nothing you know you're gonna do some treatment at the end of the day I love it, and I appreciate the fact, particularly coming from a medical background as a nurse, that she addressed right away this dynamic of, because this really happens often, and a lot of people, I think, choose to defer to, quote-unquote, a natural pathway because of their fear of the healthcare system. And I loved how she addressed the fact that medicine and science is also a gift from God. At the end of the day, uh, as the scriptures tell us, every good and perfect gift comes from above. And uh, she basically said, sis, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to get there. I, I, I do appreciate that. So you go through your medical process. You know, you, you go through the yes. rigors of treatment. You know, uh, you have your re surgery and reconstruction and et cetera. You know, you come out of that. I would have to imagine that there's a new normal in your mind and in your head that you have to make an adjustment to. Uh, how did you manage? Because, again, every day could not have been standing on top of the positive faith mountain. How, how did you manage through, you know, some tough days that you may have had along the way with your process and your treatment and your care? How did you handle that? Um, um, like I said, having that strong support system was one of the best things. Um, <laughs> and it's so funny because I could go back to the point of when people even, I, I'm going to say this, God and God has always done this for me. I've always been blessed to have people around me mm -hmm. 
or to have some recognition of things when I'm about to go through something. Oh, okay. Or, or even when I'm about to, whatever God has me moved to or whatever, he, he lets me know that I'm doing the right thing. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Okay. Because if I didn't, if I do not tell you before I even went through the breast cancer, I had spoken with someone about breast cancer mm-hmm. who was going through and I asked her questions and it was so funny because we had this conversation. And then months later, I found out I had breast cancer. Uh, it's I just see. amazing how God, God always, he does this for me. Even with my treatment, and I know we were talking about treatment. I went through treatment. The doctor told me one thing, how my treatment was supposed to be because I was supposed to have been a trial patient or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But something happened where I missed that trial. But he told me, oh, you're not going to have to do radiation with that trial. They didn't want me to do radiation. Okay. But it's funny how once, because I, like I said, I missed the trial. Mm-hmm. Once it was done, the chemo and stuff was done, he came back to me, well, we recommend that you take radiation, this, that, and the other. I was like, I'm not doing radiation. Okay. Now, that's the part that I said, I'm not doing. Okay. I'm not doing. Okay. And, and like I said, I, I went through the whole chemo process. I went through all that. And I'm, I... I did not have it bad at all. God, uh, God has always blessed me, like I said. Okay. Um, well, it sounds like yeah, he, he prepared told you. Me the, he, he prepared he you? He prepared me because he put people in my life there that prepared go. me. From the the people, because I, I started going to the the breast cancer center, mm-hmm. support center. Okay. Um, the cancer support center in Homewood. Um, I started going there. Uh, they had uh, a group for black survivors and black people who are black women who mm-hmm. were going through it. Uh, the Sisters of Hope, that's who they're called. The okay. Sisters of Hope. Mm-hmm. And I have to say this, I thank God for them. Okay. I, when I say I thank God for them, because remember I told you, no one around me who I was very, very close to had went through this. Yes. They guided me. They told me how the chemo was going to be. They told me how things were going to be. And this is a funny thing because you think when you have no, no information about a certain thing, Mm -hmm. when it's foreign to you, Mm -hmm. they broke it down to me how it was going to be. They, they even let me know that, Hey, we're survivors. It's some people who are had it two or three times and they're still here surviving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have never known that if I hadn't found them. Yeah. I'm so serious. And with that, that gave me, that definitely gave me the confidence. That gave me everything that I needed to prepare me to fight that journey, to start that journey and to be blessed with it. Well, and I think what's important here, sis, and, and you make great points is it matters you know, who you are surrounded, who can speak into your ear, into your heart, and to and if nothing else, to provide you with encouraged information. Because what I'm hearing, and I think it's true, because, you know, as you said, you don't you don't really know anything about this disease. You didn't know anyone who had it. And so when you hear that, you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, what does that mean? Where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. And then you find this great support group, and I want to make sure that we get the name correct. And and what city and state are they in so we can give them a little shout-out? Sis- Sisters of Hope, and they're located in Homewood, Illinois, at the uh, Cancer Support Center. Okay. Uh, it's a cancer support center right there in Homewood, Illinois, and they meet Wednesday, one Wednesday out of the month. And like I said, they were such a blessing, such a blessing to me. So for people who may be listening, because we have people who listen to this show all over the world, 
uh, that you're in the Illinois area or Homewood, uh, you know, check yeah, that, that out Homewood, Yeah, as a support system and a support group. Because, again, when you can surround yourself with people who have been there, done that, got the T-shirt to prove it and give you good information, that's part of the support uh, that every cancer patient can benefit from and utilize. So I appreciate you bringing that point up. So here you yes, are today. Yes. You're doing well. You look fabulous. I just want to say when people uh, see you. your photo, you know, because I tell people all the time, because I remember when people said this to me, well, you don't look like you had cancer. And I said, well, then what should a cancer patient look like at the end of the day? True, true, you, true. Right. Because I think that we have this 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 image in our head of what cancer patients look like. But you look fabulous. You look like you are thriving and surviving. And you mentioned to of me, and I'll course. just tease this out a little bit. We don't have a lot of information, but you're about to start start doing some writing with regard to some things and publishing. Uh, and I would imagine it will be related to your journey. Um, what's next for you yes. and what continues to give you hope at this point? Okay. So one of the things, um, of course I could always say it's my family, you know, kids, uh-huh. um, and everything else. But, I, one of the biggest things that give me hope, I'm an educator. I'm, I'm a teacher. Okay. I teach, Oh, God yay for the me. teachers. Yay for the teachers and the educators. Yes. We need you guys. You're so yes. important. Yeah. I have taught from adults. I've educated adults. Um, God has led me in a place where I've taught high school students. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in a place where I'm teaching grammar school students, okay. elementary school students. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's been a blessing just to see our future, okay. to know our future, yeah. to look at our future, um, to see where they go. That's what really gives me hope. Um, looking at the future, just thinking about where these young young minds are going to be at mm-hmm. <laughs> years to come. You know, yeah. my spiritual mother, Miss Cleota Porter. Okay, I love her. She is one of the people who even said to me, uh, "You are not a survivor, honey. You are an overcomer." Okay, I love it. Because uh, when you're a survivor, guess what? You may have to go through that thing over and over again. But being an overcomer means you overcame that mountain and it's behind you and you are moving on. So, yes. Well, thank God for her. (laughs) Thank God for your spirit. Thank God for your humor uh, that carries you through. Uh, We thank God for your life as an educator, as a mom. Thank you for thriving. Thank you for overcoming. Uh, We're reminded in the Holy Scriptures that, you know, we overcome, uh, you know, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so today I echo your sentiments and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. It's been a busy week and busy day uh, to spend time with us at Health, Hope and Inspiration. Uh, We continue to send you nothing but the best uh, is yet to come for your life. And when you uh, get get a couple of those books authored, come back to the show so we can talk about it and help you promote that and let people know how they can receive that. Today, today you have heard from uh, uh, a four year breast cancer survivor. Her name is Zakia Claybron. Uh, She was diagnosed uh, in June of 2017. Uh, She's working on some things that she's going to write and author. And today she's a cancer survivor and we're privileged to have her in our midst. And so take those words, take your humor and use it. Uh, Use your faith community, use support communities around you and allow yourself to be buoyed and encouraged uh, to move forward. In that, we do say that the best is yet to come for all of you. Until the next time, this is Pastor P on HHI. Thank you, my dear. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. 
And Percy will rejoin us here in the studio in just a moment. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With City of Hope for Alexa, now you can. City of Hope for Alexa's skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at City of Hope. The skill can answer, get this, over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To use it, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable City of Hope to any Amazon device. You can also access this tool in any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. Well, thank you for introducing this woman to us here today. We, you, I say we, you come up with wonderful guests for this program. Well, you know, this is an example of, again, how this show has grown with regard to its reach. This is a young lady that we, uh, she was introduced to me by someone that we've interviewed before, Yolanda Perry. This is a a friend of Yolanda Perry's. Uh, And so she reached out after we did her interview. She said, I've got two or three friends of mine that I think that would be great for this show. Would you be willing to interview them? And so Zykeia was one of those individuals that was introduced to me by one of our former uh, interviews that we've done. And so I'm grateful because here's the deal, though, Wayne. The cancer community is large. Yeah. It may be a little bit silent and quiet, but see, when you ruffle the the bushes, <laughs> there's a lot of people who have been impacted by cancer, who has gone through cancer, who just need a platform to tell their story. And mm-hmm. so Zaki is one of so many people out there who has walked this journey, that has something to say about this discussion. Yeah, she shared many good things today. I really appreciate her sense of humor and how she uh, applies that. But I think there is a word of caution here, as much as I appreciate what she said. And the caution is that we need to be careful in the use of humor, don't we? I think that that's true to, to, uh, to this point. Everyone does not necessarily react or respond uh, the same way by, you know, humorous comments or thoughts and that we need to be sensitive, obviously, at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think that that's a fair statement and a fair point to be made. And in this particular context, you know, the I think the, deline- the delineation of thought here is that uh, this was a, an individual who was who was coping with and coming to terms with, uh, you know, being told that you have, you know, a, a disease that potentially could kill you. Uh, the way that she reacted and responded was with humor and yeah. with her own humor, I guess, to herself and, and and to some cases, even with the people around her. But, yeah, I think we should be mindful and we should certainly sure. be careful and sensitive of others, how they react and respond to you. Having said that, cases. she is an embodiment of the scripture you read from Proverbs, a cheerful heart, isn't she? She is. Uh, you know, she and, and you should have heard we, we laughed more offline than we did online. It was just so much. <laughs> Uh, When do I get to hear the outtakes from these interviews? That's what I want to hear, Percy. (laughs) I should do that. That I should do sometime. We we just had a a wonderful, wonderful. We we just just gut busting time. She she just made me laugh so hard with so many things that she said. One of the things I thought was interesting, and you know, again, we've talked about this. We've talked to a lot of women who have had breast cancer, and the psychological you know loss and trauma of of losing uh, your breast and and how. From a female's perspective, they've had to come to terms with that and and regroup and recalibrate Uh, being a person of humor. You know, one of her statements was she said, well, at least I can get uh, the breast size that I've always wanted now. (laughs) And so she she just flipped it around and she used it and she said, "I, I just won't allow things to drag me down. And I just simply dig for the humor in a situation that adds levity and lifts me up. And so, you know, 
I, I appreciate that, but you're right. We have to be mindful. We have to be careful. Right. But she said when her doctor came in, typically to have a conversation with her, her doctor is usually very upbeat and telling jokes. But the energy shifted and changed in the room when, when her doctor had to tell her that she had cancer. And that's when she knew something was wrong. And so she had to come to terms with that. And she had to deal with that. She had the support of her husband, who she said, told her, listen, we can beat this. We're going to work through it. We'll get through this. So, you know, it's everybody is different, Wayne, as we often say, and everybody responds, reacts and copes very differently under these set of circumstances. And that certainly was the case. But humor for her is is a mechanism and a basis by which, you know, she 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 moves through life and, and the hardships and circumstances of life. Let's mention our featured resource, Victory Over Fear. Yeah, it's a great resource. And again, talking about how does one cope and work through. I've been in those shoes where I've had to hear you have cancer. You know, you have some choices to make. You have some things to process. Uh, There are some mental and emotional, you know, hurdles that you have to kind of jump and hoops you got to jump through to figure out how do I land on my feet and move forward. This document is designed to address the dynamic of fear. Many cancer patients obviously experience fear initially when they're told that, and rightfully so for many different reasons. And this document is designed to help people gain victory over fear, how to overcome their fear, how to manage their fear, so that fear doesn't polarize or paralyze one in a place where they stop moving, where they stop pushing forward. And as they work through that, you know, this document will certainly give you some caveats and some some nuggets, if you will, that will help you to kind of uh, work through the dynamic of fear ultimately at the end of the day. Thank you for providing this at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can download it right now. Victory over fear. Percy, I uh, noticed that uh, when we opened the program, you opened with Proverbs 17:22 about a cheerful heart. And, and now I understand why you chose that verse. It was, it's so appropriate for what we heard today. It really is. And again, for, for Zakia in particular, she, she, she stands on this principle. She utilizes it and it works for her. Uh, so we'll close the way that we began uh, reinforcing this particular school of thought. Uh, a cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so today, if and when it is applicable and possible, uh, continue to turn to uh, the ability to possibly laugh at a situation if and when you can and use uh, humor, if applicable, uh, to work through the dynamics of your situation. Uh, Again, uh, there is value and benefit in laughter, in humor, Uh, under appropriate circumstances. And so with that today, we want you to be encouraged. We certainly don't want your spirit to be dried up as we continue to promote and and endorse health, hope, and inspiration in your life as you are still yet to begin to understand the possibility of the best is yet to come for you. Thank you, Percy. And thank you for helping us sharpen our tools. Now, what do we do with those tools? Yep, we got work to do. So while we're skipping and laughing and whistling on our way, we've got work to do, my friend. It's one of the reasons why, uh, if you notice people who are working, you know, sometimes they're out there laughing and they're cracking jokes and listening to music. It helps to lift the load and the burden of the work that has to be done. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we've got work to do, folks. So let's keep chopping the wood. Be encouraged today. That's Percy McRae. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration.
Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.